0: Hey, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, You are right now jumping into a series with us called Blessings Behind Bars. Blessings Behind Bars because we're looking at the book of Philippians together. And this letter was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. And he was writing it to the Philippian church who was being persecuted And I believe, man, that when we look at this book, that God's Spirit, you know, God's Spirit had a very special word for the church thousands of years ago through this text. But I believe He's got a word for us today and for the future as well. You know, today we're jumping into one verse. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And uh, this is the verse. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Paul says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know, for me, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I know that as a pastor, maybe I'm not supposed to have a favorite verse. It's kind of like a parent having a favorite child. You just don't want to give up that kind of information. But for me, this is huge because what it tells me is that God is not done with me yet. He is not done with you yet either. If there's breath inside your body, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you're just thinking in your mind, God, what do you want to do with my life? What do you want? How do you want me to make this next decision? How do you want me to handle this next conversation? You know, God's word doesn't give us exact, specific conclusions to a lot of the questions that we have. But man, this truth that God has a plan and purpose for us Out of that flow, all these general principles and practices from scripture that really impact our everyday lives. And the big truth, I think, that what we're going to see here tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to this, is that we can know what God wants for our lives. We can know what these good purposes are as we begin to know who God is. As we go deeper in relationship with God and understand his character and nature and intentions, we then get a fuller understanding of what God is trying to do. So wherever you're at right now, I'd encourage you to open up your heart and your mind to God's word, allow his spirit to speak to you, and let's jump into this text and see what is God trying to do in our lives as he produces these good works inside of us. Let's get into it. my house i was recently commissioned with the project of resanding our dining room table and if you know me you know that i'm not the handiest guy on the block if you have to do something with your electrical outlets or hang a door or sand a table i'm not the kind of guy that you're going to call first i have guys in my life group who i would call before me literally almost anybody before me but my wife wanted to see this table done I wanted to see it done as well. And I was like, you know what? I've got YouTube and I got some friends and hopefully I got the support of the Holy Spirit to make this thing happen. And so we put a date on the calendar. I went to Home Depot. I did all my research. We got a friend to come over to help us. It was a big thing. But what happened was that, you know, we're getting started with this project. A buddy of mine is kind of counseling me and providing emotional support to me through the project, and it got towards the end of the day, and the project was not done. I looked at the table, it was like eight o'clock at night, the sun was starting to go down, and I looked at the legs of the table, and it was not complete. In fact, it was just straight up ugly. I was like, man, this project has been ruined. I hate this table right now. I had to put a whole new day on the calendar to get it done, and when I put the table back into our Kitchen. It wasn't finished. I looked at it, and I was just like, "Man, that—that's just my work right there. Like, it's just not done. It doesn't look that great." And I felt like in that moment, what I learned was this: is that if I find my value for this project in it being done, then, or or perfect, I'm just never gonna get it to be perfect. But if I find joy in the process. I can just learn to enjoy the the art and the work of sanding and putting the lacquer on and staining and doing all that, then this project could be not only just way more fun, but I could actually find a lot of joy as I'm doing future projects like that. And I felt like God was just kind of showing me like, look, this is kind of similar to your life. Like you are an unfinished table and I'm working on you, but I have plans to continue to bring about these good works in your life. And I'm going to bring them to completion one day when you enter into heaven, you meet my son face to face and enter into glory forever. Now, for us today, this is good news, right? Because we are all unfinished projects. We all have things in our lives that we wish would be better. We all fall into sin. We all make mistakes. But the good news is that Jesus comes alongside of us and helps us through life, but not even just that, even more than that, he has gone before us and he has offered himself on the cross. He has made a way for us to be forgiven of our sins and to be made righteous before God. That work in and of itself is done. That good work that God has done for us through his son Jesus has been done. But what we're talking about today is the, is the project, the ongoing work that God is trying to do in our lives to make us more like his son, Jesus. Because I hope you know right now that although Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice in our place to win us back into right relationship with God the Father, he has done that. That is done. But I hope you know that, man, God's not done with us yet. Like we've been saved, but we are still in these bodies. We, we still, man, we still need to be renovated. We still need our hearts to be transformed to look more like Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, man, you've been forgiven, but man, God wants to bring about formation in your life today. And I just have two points for you, okay, from this one verse that I hope show us, you know, just what God is trying to do in our lives. And the first, thing is this, okay? Jesus only begins good projects. Jesus only begins good projects. How do we know that? Well, check this out in verse 6. Paul says, and I am sure of this, that he, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was confident about the growth that would continue in the Philippians' lives because he believed in the one who was bringing the growth. Paul looked at the church and saw that, man, in their own strength, because of the persecution that they were going through, man, they would probably naturally just give in to the pressures of this world and deny Jesus. But Paul saw that they weren't alone, thank God. God was with them in the form of his spirit. Jesus was ministering through the spirit to this church. And Paul saw that, man, because of what Jesus is doing, by the power of the spirit, man, these people are going to be transformed. Not because of their own works, but because of the faithful Messiah, Jesus, who is going to continue working out things in their lives. And this, for us as Christians, you know, what we call this, is grace. The idea that we cannot earn our own standing before God, that we cannot amount to be like Jesus in our own efforts, but that God gives us the the resources, the power, the strength to be transformed, that's called grace. And Paul understood that this was happening in the lives of the Philippian church, that God was extending this gift of love, this gift of support, this gift of forgiveness and salvation to the church, and that God was bringing about the work through it. And I think that Paul also recognized this. You know, he said, "I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you, I believe that when he said that, he's referring to Jesus for sure, because he, Paul, is so Jesus centered, and I love it so much. But I have to believe that when he's referencing Jesus that he is implying the power and the ministry of the Trinity. Any spiritual growth that was going to happen in the Philippians' lives had to be done by the power and the might of Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. This is where grace comes into our lives. I love the way that Charles Spurgeon talks about the ministry of the Godhead bringing grace. He says it like this, The work of grace has its roots in divine goodness of the Father, God the Father. It is planted by the self denying goodness of the Son, and it is daily watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. It springs from good and leads to good, and so is altogether good. I love this. Grace has its roots in God the Father, it is planted by the goodness of the Son and it is watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. This is who you have diving into your life, providing that transform, transformative power to see you change into the image of Jesus. So that is he who began a good work. Now let's talk about good work, okay? This is, this is big right here. When we read those two words, they sound just like pretty basic to us, I'm sure. Good is a word that we use a lot, Work is a word that we use a lot. But what is the good work that Paul is talking about here? Well, the word good here in the original language means anything that is of benefit. Good isn't just the absence of something bad, but it's the presence of something beneficial. This is what God is bringing about inside the lives of his people. But what is the presence of good look like? Is it just doing something nice for someone? Is it just thinking the right things? Like, what is it? Well, in the letter to the Thessalonian church that Paul would later write, he says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Remembering before our God and our Father your, one, work of faith, two, labor of love, and three, steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe right here that Paul is expanding on the idea of good works by breaking it down into work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk about these good works by breaking it down even more. Let's talk about works of faith. What is a work of faith? Basically what this is, it's is, it's putting what you believe in your head into practice through your hands. It's making the connection between what you think, taking it to your gut, and letting it extend through your hands. This is kind of head to heart to hands work. This is putting what you know into what you do. This is works of faith. And for us as Christians, it's looking to God, believing what He says about us, who He is, believing what He's called us to do, and not just knowing it. Not just being heady Christians, not just being Christians who know a bunch of stuff, but Christians who know and do, who bring works out of our faith. James would go on to talk about this later in his letter to the church when he said that our faith should produce works. Our works do not save us, but the works are evidence of the faith in our lives. That's a work of faith. You know, you talk about labor of love. Man, I just love the way that Paul says that because have you ever felt that to be true that loving people can feel laborious? It can feel like a job. It can feel like a chore. There's some people in our lives that are just straight up hard to love. There are people who we feel like when we talk to them, when we give our lives to them, that they take it and don't give much back in return. There are people in our lives that we talk to and we feel really drained after we talked to them. What Paul is saying here is that a good work that Jesus is trying to produce in our lives is that we would labor in love. Think about that. Who in your life is difficult to love? Are you willing to allow God's spirit to thrust you into the labor of love, putting in the time and the effort and the work to show someone that they're loved? This is what Jesus is trying to produce in your life. And then he, Paul goes on to talk about the steadfastness of hope. For me, this is one of my favorite elements of good work because this is what really leads us forward in life. Because you know what? Our world is full of cynicism. Our social media feeds are full of rage. Conversations with People who we don't understand, who don't understand us, are full of misunderstandings. It is so easy to look at the various obstacles in our lives, the various challenges, and to just think, man, you know what? Nothing's ever going to get better. This world is always going to experience racial tension. This world is always going to be full of divorce. This world is always gonna be full of orphans who can't find a home. It's just always gonna be the same. Nothing's ever gonna change. And our only hope is that Jesus is coming back and is gonna take us from this evil world. Now, a lot of Christians would lean into that idea that, man, we're longing for heaven. And I believe this is from a good place. You know, like We're longing for heaven. We wanna see God's kingdom brought about to its full reality. But we just don't know if it's really going to happen here. Actually, And actually, we know from Scripture that it's not going to fully happen here. So what's the point of just trying to see things change? What's the point of having so much hope if things are just not going to change? That's a broad stroke for a lot of Christians, and I understand that completely. Please, don't, uh, please give me a little bit of grace in just saying that. But here's what I'm trying to say is that that steadfastness of hope, that is what God is calling us towards in this life. You think about what hope really is, right? Hope is not seeing a difficulty in front of you and then avoid, just turning your head aside from it and avoiding it and looking towards something more beautiful. That's not hope. Hope is saying, look, there's a problem right in front of us, but I believe that God is going to take us through this trial and that on the other side, there's going to be joy and peace and that not only that but that you know as we have faith in God as we place our devotion in him that he's actually going to come alongside of us through this trial and walk through it with us that is hope and this is the stuff that lights up a room you ever walk into a room with someone who's filled with hope not like just this kind of um oblivious kind of blissful ignorance that would say oh everything's just going to get better in the future I'm talking about people who walk in the room and say okay things are broken right now things are not right but I believe that God is taking us through this so let's link arms let's pray together and let's move forward this is what true leadership looks like if you're in a leadership position whether you're in the military right now or you're leading a classroom or you're in your family This is the kind of attitude that the people around you need, is someone who is willing to trust God for the future and believe that he's also with us, leading us into that future. And to do it in a steadfast way. This is powerful. This is stuff that only comes about by God producing a good work in us through the Spirit for the blessing of Jesus' name. God is calling us towards this, man, towards works of faith, labors of love, steadfastness of hope. And this good work, you know, I think about where we're at as a country right now. You know, I'm recording this podcast in July of 2020. And we are, at least in Monterey, California, we're experiencing a whole new version of shelter in place. Like we were able to open up a little bit and now things are getting closed back down. And this past week, uh, Governor Newsom asked for churches to again stop gathering inside. And so now churches have to think about how are we going to gather on Sundays outside or are we going to gather at all? Or There's a lot of conversation around it. And for me personally, I'm hearing a lot of language and a lot of conversations from other pastors that are not filled with hope and from a lot of other Christians as well. And I'm not trying to like, put a burden on anyone because We're in a very unique time right now, and I keep hearing the word unprecedented. I I hate that word now, I've heard it so many times, but we really are in this time that is unprecedented. We don't have a blueprint for how to move forward with this. We don't have a roadmap um, for how to navigate this. But we do have this. We have a hope in Jesus. We believe, man, that the church cannot be stopped. She will not be taken down. Scripture says that, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church although we may feel like we're being attacked by different governors different you know laws and different orders different things are coming out of washington different things that the news is saying look this is nothing new for the church the church being you know a bit stifled or a little bit uncomfortable this is not anything new and what the church needs and what people who don't know Jesus need right now are Christians who are steadfast in hope. Who say, look, this is this is brutal right now. But let's not get caught up in just what's happening right now. Let's Let's absorb it. Let's recognize it. Let's talk about it. But let's also, let's take a step forward together. Let's link arms together. And when you're tired jump on my back and I'll walk through it with you. This is the kind of stuff that God is trying to produce inside of his church. Works of faith, labors of love, and steadfastness of hope. Why does God want to do this? Well, check this out. Paul says this also in Romans chapter 7, verse 4. My brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to one another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. This verse is huge. We don't have time to jump into everything that Paul is trying to say here, but what we can see is this: that as Christians, base level. This is just like for every single Jesus follower, we have died to died to the law through the death of Christ. If you believe in Jesus, that. Work has happened in your life because of what Jesus has done for you. His death, you now identify with to the law. But we've also been raised from the dead just as Jesus was raised from the dead. We may have died to the law, but we are now alive to glory in Jesus. We identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. Why? So that we may bear fruit for God. And this is what Paul is saying in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that we would be people that allow God to do good works in us this is our purpose for life is what I'm trying to say is that as Christians we would bear fruit that we allow God to produce good works that we would be hopeful loving and full of faith this is what God has put in place for you to do here on this earth to have wild and crazy faith to trust in Jesus and to take steps outside of yourself to follow in the foot in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, what is God gonna do with the good work that He has started in us? Because we were checked it out, like God only begins good projects. This is what I want us to see. God not only begins good projects in us, but God always finishes what he started. Can I get an amen right now? Like, can you just like I don't know where you're at. Can you just like lift up a a hallelujah hand for me or something? Jesus not only begins good works, but He's gonna finish what He started. This is good news because for the Philippian church, man, they must have been feeling in their heart like, man, we're like the first community of Jesus followers, and it feels like things are going downhill real quick. Like we believe in Jesus, but We're being persecuted. Our homes are being torn into. Our lifestyle is being upheaved, man. Like our families are being separated. We're not seen as, you know, regular human beings in society. We're being beaten down by the Roman government. We're being oppressed by these different laws. We are being mistreated and misaligned from the rest of the community. And they must have been feeling like in their hearts, like, man, I believe in this Jesus and I will not give up my faith in him. But man, this is really hard at the same time. Paul needed them to know that, look, what Jesus has begun in your life, he will be faithful to complete it. This faith that he has placed inside of you, this is going to sustain you for the rest of your life. Why? Because God's spirit is with you. And this is one of my favorite truths about this verse is that this act of, you know, God doing these good works inside of us up until the day of meeting Jesus Christ. What this is telling us is that there is work that God is trying to do inside of our lives every single day and that he's bringing it about by his power in our lives each and every day, each and every hour, each and every moment. What this should show us is that God's spirit has not left us. This is a promise in scripture that tells us that God is with us through till the end. Maybe you've been feeling alone right now. Maybe you feel like God isn't close to you. Maybe you feel like, man, how am I going to get myself out of this sin that I've been giving myself towards? I just feel like I'm being buried by my pride, by my lusts, by my spending habits. I just feel like I have no motivation to make moves for the kingdom. And to that, I would just say, son and daughter, brother and sister, child of God, don't think like that. God is here to do the work in your life. Sure. God is going to lead you into, you know, a mindset that's going to help you produce discipline in your life and structure for your life. He's going to provide people around you to help you move forward. But not don't for one second try to put the burden of transformation onto your own effort. It's just never going to work. It never fully works. But because God is with you, he has given you his spirit. We have this now confidence that as we just submit our lives to him, that's all he's asking for from you, by the way, is just that you would turn to him, submit your life, And in a state of humbleness, in a state of humility, just open up your life to him moving and speaking in and through you. Because what God is trying to do is much more powerful and much better and much more grand than you could ever anticipate or expect. You know, here what Paul is talking about is that God is going to secure the Philippian church in their faith up until the day of completion, when they meet Jesus face to face, he's saying, "Like, look, your faith will not, like, God will not take it, take the promise of salvation away from you, as you live this life. It's just not going to happen. He is with you. The Spirit has been deposited into you. You are safe and you are secure. So that is very true, safe and secure. But I, just, I gotta believe that Jesus." through the Spirit, is trying to bring about even more good works in our lives than we could ever really expect. Not only has he saved you for that day of salvation, praise God, hallelujah, that's, I mean, we could close the book right there and be just like stoked forever, right? But God also wants to just do much more in your life. And I have to believe that there are some people out there who are listening to this who are like me, who for the longest time in my life I felt like God didn't want to do much with my life at all. I felt like all that God was trying to do is just secure my salvation and help me just live a life where I could just kinda of coast through the rest of my years, where I could just meet the bar of expectation, where I wouldn't have to extend myself, but I could just, you know, be present, be a decent person, and trust God. But I need you to know right now that God wants to do stuff in your life that you could never fully expect. He wants to bring about new things inside of you. He wants to call you into purposes and plans that you could never even anticipate yourself. For me, I grew up a very shy kid, okay? I grew up like people in my family would see me I feel like they always felt bad for me I was just very nervous anxious didn't know what to really do with my life just felt like kind of confused and like I couldn't really do anything meaningful with my life I felt like I was always gonna be a number two to people like I was always just gonna you know I was never gonna be able to like really do the things that were in my heart to do and I didn't even know like what was even in my heart to do but I really believe man my 20s like God did so much To show me that, look, Monzo, you've been told that you're shy. You've been told that you're quiet. You've been told that you can never be a leader. You've been told that you can never do these bigger things for the kingdom. But I have a different plan for you. What I'm speaking into your life is that I have plans that are going to exceed your expectations. And I believe that for you, that God is trying to do the same thing in your life as well. That there are things that He is going to be calling you into that you wouldn't expect, but that he is asking you to have faith in him about. I don't know what that is. I don't know how it's going to unfold. But I want you to know today that Jesus never begins a bad project. He only begins good projects. And he's looking at you and you are his project. He has saved you for eternity if you've placed your faith in him. And he wants to produce much more than you could ever imagine. I never thought that I would be behind a microphone preaching like this to you guys. I thought I was always going to be scared, always shy, always nervous. But man, through knowing God, allowing him to speak into my life, allowing him to call me into some stuff that I'm uncomfortable with, I've been able to see that God has actually had a different plan for me than I could have ever expected and this is what I want you to kind of just leave knowing is that he always finishes what he started. That work of faith, will he's going to produce that in you till the day you meet Jesus. And the good things that he's calling you towards in this life, he will bring about to completion as you continue to trust him and follow him, devote your life to him with every element of your being. You guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here today. Come back next Tuesday for a new episode here of the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. Check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the young adult ministry throughout the week during Shelter in Place. We hope to see you soon.